up, what's up? This is Not Just a Strength Coach Podcast. On this episode, man, this coach right here, Coach Quarles, man, he's going to bring a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, and just, you know, what we need to look out for and what we need to strive to be and do as coaches. Uh, The experience that he brings, man, like from being an athlete to being a coach and just the story he has to say, uh, y'all definitely need to get that pen and pad ready and just be ready for the message, man. Like this, cause there's multiple messages in this episode. Um, side note, the, uh, the audio is going to kind of be a little messed up in the beginning, just because, you know, I was at school when I recorded this one. So the Wi-Fi ain't strong, like the one I got at the crib. So just bear with me a little bit. I think it's like three or four minutes in when he starts talking, you hear it be a little choppy, but man, look, that don't even matter. Cause when you hear what's going on and what he's trying to do and, and, and as a coach, and just build these relationships with these athletes and stuff, man, like, you'll hear the message. So just go ahead, get that pen and pad ready. And without further ado, here we go. Coach Quarles. Uh, I'm coach uh, Jason Quarles. Uh, I'm actually originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. I, uh, I'm an assistant strength and conditioning for men's basketball and women's tennis at uh, Indiana University, Purdue University in Indianapolis. Uh, very fortunate that my job brought me back home. Um, I uh, originally played professional baseball for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I was a relief pitcher in for four years. Um, after that, retired degree, started working in the private sector, realized had some really good mentors, you know, shape what was in uh, what was in last forever. So uh went back to school, got my exercise science degree. Uh, like I said, I worked in the private sector, just learned how to, you know, train athletes of all various different ages, anywhere from eight years old up to professional athletes, didn't matter the sport. It was just good for me to learn and, you know, hit the ground running, trying to figure out my own philosophy and the do's and the don'ts. And uh, really helped, you know, during I was able to apply what I was learning in school, you know, while I was training those athletes. Um when I graduated I actually graduated from IUPUI. When I graduated, I actually was very fortunate to get uh, my first training conditioning job with the Toronto Blue Jays, where I worked with their rookie class level team. So I had, you know, a lot of guys that are actually in the big leagues now. And it was, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to, you know, give my knowledge and my experience of playing and give it back to them, as well as the training side, you know, the things that helped me prepare, you know, baseball is a daily grind. You play every day, you, you get to the field at noon and you don't leave till midnight. Right. You know, so it's 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 how how to prepare your body and keep your body prepared, you know, for 160 plus games. You know what I mean? And spring training on top of that and postseason, whether you go to a postseason or whether you go to a mini camp or an all star camp or you go to the Arizona Fall League. There's so many different different things that you have to do with baseball that people don't even realize behind the scenes. Um, after that, I was uh, worked at a high school, local high school here in Indianapolis. And at that point in time, I was called by. Uh, head coach here at IUPUI, and I was pretty much his first hire. I trained him when he played overseas, so he knew that I knew the basket, I knew the game of basketball. I played basketball growing up. I knew the game of basketball. I knew how to train. So he really wanted me to be a part of his staff, and I'm going into my seventh year now. At uh, IUP, right? Yeah, at IUPUI. Yep. Right, 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 right. 
So um, just um, let's talk about the uh, the whole like you know scope of baseball, man. Like I'm not I'm not too you know like like involved in baseball as much. You know I was brought up in football and everything, and that's one of the sports I really want to you know understand more from a not only like timeline wise because I know the the days are long and the you know the years is long. You know 160 plus games a year. Like I know that much. But, like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening in probably just only know pretty much, you know, in-season stuff. Yeah, it's, it's you know, something you, you've got to be able to take a break, but you've got to be able to continue to prepare your body. It's, it, like I said, it, it's, a, it's a long process, man. I mean, I went to spring training in February, and my season wasn't over until early September. Then you'd get, like, maybe a week or two break. Then I had to go to what was called Instructional League, and Instructional League is basically – um, for the prospects. So it's another six weeks of baseball games and practice. And yeah, it's, it, it's, if you don't take care of your body, you're not going to make it in professional baseball. That's why you don't see a lot of people that make it, you know, it seems like a lot of people play baseball, but I don't mm -hmm. think people really understand the demand and the time of the game. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, a typical day, like a typical spring training day, I'll give you a typical spring training day from a playing standpoint and from a coaching standpoint, since I've done both. From a plan standpoint, you've got to get there by 6.30 or 7 o'clock to eat breakfast. You could be in the early lift group, so you could be in the 7.30 lift group. You're stretching by 8, 8.15. You're going to do fielding practice and bunk coverages and all that stuff till about 11 and get your conditioning in. Then you eat lunch, and then you get prepared for a game. That, may, that starts at 1. That may not get over till 4 o'clock. <laughs> you know, so, like, that's, that's a day, and that's every day. There are, there are no off days in, in spring training. They're, 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 it's just, it doesn't happen. Um, you know, at least during the season, you do get an off day here or there, but you may get one or two off days a month. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then a typical day, on, you know, once you get into a real season is, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get to the field. You know, if I threw the day before, I've got to come in. I've got to come in early, maybe 10 or 11. I've got to get my running in. I've got to get my lift in if we have a, you know, facility on site. Um, I got to get all my agility work in. I've got to get all my rehab, prehab stuff in with the trainers. You know, that's just the start. Then I can get a little snack. And then at that point, if you have some type of small, short practice, you're going to do that. Then it's batting practice. And then the only break you really get is when the other team is doing batting practice. And that's when you're eating your pregame meal, which really is like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some trail mix. Yeah. And then, then you have a nine-inning game that you've got to go for. You know what I mean? And then you have to do your post-game stretches and, and, and rehab and ice and all that. And then, you know, you pretty much do that every single day. Um, yeah. And then from a coaching standpoint of that, you know, a coaching day in spring training, you're getting there for coaches lift probably at five 30 in the morning. Cause you got to get everything, anything personally you want to do, you get it done first, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so you get there early, get a lift in with your staff and then, Hey, you're on deck. Cause them groups are coming in. Them groups are coming in to lift at seven 30, seven 45, eight, eight 15, eight 30. And then you're responsible for, you know, a field that you're going to stretch, whether it's pitchers or position players. And then you got to be there to time the pitchers who are coming over for conditioning. Or you got to go help the trainers with, with something. Then you get a quick sub, and then you're out getting the boys ready for a game. And then during that game, once those pitchers throw, they're going to a field with you to go do conditioning. Yeah. And then you break the day down. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same, like, during the regular season. You're, you got to be wherever the players are. You know what I mean? So, yeah. if, you know, as a coach, 
if if you just threw the day before, and I know you got to come in at 10 a.m., I got to be there beforehand to set up and get your day prepared. Right. And then all the rest of the guys are going to be filtering in. You know, in spring training, you're dealing with hundreds of guys. And you have a language barrier. Half the dudes don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, hit on that a little bit, man. Like, I, I didn't even think about that until you just brought it up, man. Like, the language yeah. barrier. Like, oh, man, that's a whole yeah. other factor to this whole thing, man. Like, yeah, so, I mean, you're, curve in its own. You're, you're having to, you know, pretty much learn the basics of their language to get through to them. I mean, luckily, you know, they have – we're going. you're probably going to have a Latin – coach or an Asian coach that can help you out because they're probably learning from you to go back to whether they're in the Dominican or Venezuela or over in Japan or China or something like that, you know, but you're still having to teach. It's all about teaching because these dudes don't know what's going on. I mean, right. you're dealing with, you know, I mean, you're getting these Latin kids at 14, you know, you're getting these Latin kids at 14, 15, 16, where you're getting these American dudes, 18, 19, 20, 21. So it's a big age gap. It's, training age you have to be able to right. understand their training age so there is no there is no gimmick there is no you know crate there's no there's no maxing out <laughs> you know what i mean oh, like no. these dudes yeah. got to be able to just straight up move properly so it's going to be a lot of med ball work a lot of trx work a lot of body weight work you know what i mean a lot of banded work but just breaking it down literally piece by piece by piece by piece so that these guys understand what you're talking about you know what I mean? And especially yeah. those guys that have a language barrier, like, cause they're looking at you like, man, like I have no clue what you're telling me to do right now, you know? And I right. think a lot of times that frustrates them. And then they're like, well, I don't want to do it. Cause they, you know, yeah. nobody wants to be laughed at. And they're thinking, Oh, if you smirk or you laugh, like they're thinking, okay, you're making fun of me. So like, you gotta be super serious about it because mm -hmm. you're trying to teach them. You know what I mean? And you're just trying to help them understand this is going to help you in the long run. I mean, like I was fortunate, man. Like, I mean, I, I got to the, train Noah Syndergaard who played he pitches for the New York Yankees right now I got mm -hmm. to you know train Kevin Pillar he's in the big leagues right now I got to train Aaron Sanchez he's pretty much number one or two pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays and in various other big leaguers that were that I had you know throughout that time da Daniel Norris and Joe Musgrove guys that are all in the big leagues so just helping them understand the daily you know what I mean because like I said at the end of the day you're not going to be as fresh day one as, you, as you're going to be day 200 but you want to almost be close, you know what I right. mean? And just helping them yeah. understand the importance of it all. Cause it's easy to fall into that trap as a professional athlete. Cause we know what comes with it, man. Like the nightlife, just the, mm -hmm. everything that comes with you got money. Now it's easy for you to just kind of lose focus of, of what you're really there for. But those guys that make it, you know, those are the guys that figure out how to take care of themselves, understand what the off season is about and don't try to do too much. Right. And like, just uh, talk about that a little bit too, man. Like how, like, I know it's, it's a totally different environment from, like, football and basketball when it comes to the nightlife and stuff like that. Like, like how do you, I guess, kind of, like, motivate and keep that athlete, you know, focused on their true goal, you know, and not be blinded by, you know, the, the, the stars and flashing lights and, uh, you know, there's all the distractions and stuff, man, if you had to deal with that at all. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely have to because those guys, especially those 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, because they're looking forward to being 21. Right. You know, and, and you have money now, you got million, you get, you get a million plus dollars just to sign your name on a piece of paper. You haven't even thrown a pitch yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So some of these guys are already, already have five, six million dollars in their bank account and haven't even thrown a pitch. But you really just, you, you just try to break it down day by day. And like, and I think I was very fortunate that I played so I could kind of give my story. Because I mean, really what happened in my career was I didn't take care of myself. And I let myself kind of fall into that trap. And, you know, 
you're too tired or you miss, you miss a training session or you miss a rehab session or something like that, it catches up to you. So just trying to give, you know, them, Hey, like, this is what I did. And this is what happened to me. I was on the fast track to go into the big leagues. Like, like no joke. I would have been in the big leagues like 2006 or 2007 and boom, my shoulder completely blows out and I get a shoulder surgery and my, my shoulder coming back from that, I blow it out again, <laughs> like career done. You know what I mean? Like you go from yeah. being one of the top prospects in all of baseball, not just the Pirates organization, but all of baseball to never throw in a pitch ever again. And when I can be real and candid with them and let them understand, like, this is what really happened. I think that they're like, okay, well, I definitely don't want that to happen to me. You know what I mean? And right. then I've let yeah. them know why I coach, you know, I'm like, well, look, I use that situation to help me into coaching because I don't ever want anybody to go through what I went through. I want everybody to go to the big leagues. I know it's not possible, but if I can give you my experience and my experience can help you just continue to work your butt off and just work at your craft to get to the big leagues. And that's, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Right. That's what it's all about, man. And like, like just going on coaches now, man, like I feel like the really good coaches is willing to admit, you know, their faults and what they messed up on because they know in the long run, that's going to help the athletes that they're dealing with understand like, this is what I did. And this is the repercussions of that. I don't want that for you. So that's why I'm telling you this. And I, I see a lot of coaches, you know, try to, you know, make it seem like, you know, they were perfect throughout their whole entire life and stuff like that. And I'm like, I mean, in some cases, yeah, that might be true, but in reality, like we all did something or have our faults on something. And, you know, athletes can see through that. And then on top of that, like if you're, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Perfect, you know, having that athlete come to you to, you know, tell you X, Y, and Z or whatever concerns they have, that's probably not going to happen because, you you know, you're so perfect. Like, you know, athletes already know, like, you know, I'm going to go to somebody who's real, who's transparent, who's, you know, genuine and, you know, let me know what's up versus, you know, this, this person never, you know, doesn't even have a blemish on anything. You know, everything they do is just top notch. Like they park their car perfectly. All the paper on their desk is stacked perfectly and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, athletes know they're not perfect. And they're trying to, you know, find somebody to, you know, confide in and talk to them about how to go about certain things. But, you know, show making it seem like, you know, you don't have anything wrong and stuff like that. And that kind of closes the door on those athletes wanting to come talk to us about anything. Oh, yeah. No, and they see right through it. Like you said, they see right through it. And I think that helps a lot, too. I mean, like us being close to their age, you know, we listen to the same music. We watch the same shows. But like like you said, I mean, and I think with me, like I, I try to keep it extreme, like very real with them. Like they know I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. And a lot of times they'll do something and they'll have a question. And I'm like, you know, I went through that same thing at that same age. You know what I mean? And this is how I handled it. You know, and maybe I failed at the time. And if I could go back, this is what I would have done. And that may help them not make the same mistake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but people don't really understand it. It's even beyond that. I mean, think about how many dudes you've had to help tie a tie. You know what right. I mean? Like, think about just other things that you've had to help your, whether it's a female or a male athlete, just you're like, man, I'm glad that I've already been through that because now I can share with them. This is how I got through it. This is how I did it. And I think that's the realness that they want to hear. Cause I mean, they, these kids know they're talented. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and everything's on the internet now. So whatever I say, anyway, you can go back and look it up, right. <laughs> you know? So like, yeah. if I'm lying, they're going to be like, yo coach, you was lying, you know, or, you know, dang coach, like, man, cause I, I don't really tell my athletes that I played a professional sport. It may come up, but I'm not really one to just throw it, you know, really out there. Like I'm just coach Q or coach Quarles to them. You know what I mean? And like, I just try yeah. to keep it, you know, cause I'm not trying to one up anybody or big league, anybody. I've already done what I've done in my life. And now I'm on to what I really feel like I was put here to do. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a pro athlete, make all the money. But at the end of the day, 
I coach now. You know what I mean? So I try to keep yeah. it at that. And, then, you know, if they have, you know, I get the questions like, man, coach, like, what was it like? And then I'll let them know. Or, man, coach, like, how did you do this? Or how did you stay this way, you know, to, to, to get to that point? So as I have, you know, a lot of stories that I can tell. And like you said, I mean, I, I keep it extremely real with them, man. Like, there, there's no holding back. And, like, I let them know, like, plus, I mean, the world is an ugly place. And you never know when this ball is going to – like, my basketball team, you never know when this, this ball is going to stop bouncing because it's right. not going to bounce forever. So what you going to do after that? <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's, like, the biggest question – that I, I feel like a lot of coaches don't want to ask their athletes because, you know, their, their sport is the only thing that's going to get them out and stuff like that. And, like, they want that to be the first and only option. I'm like, yeah, I agree. You know, we should give this 110%. But at the same time, man, if they ain't got that safety net or, or any idea to do something else later down the road, because, like you said, man, that ball is going to stop bouncing. Like, what's next? Like, what do you got next? Like, we're always, we're always asking you, you know, give us more in the weight room and stuff like that. Like, why doesn't it apply? to, you know, other things in your life, especially something like your profession. Like, come on, like, let's be serious. Like, yeah, and I, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, like you said, it's a good chance you're not going to make it. You know what I mean? Right. And it's a good chance you can be a top prospect and not make it. Like, prime example, me, you know what I mean? Like, tops into another pitch. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. you just never know when it's going to be done. You know what I mean? And, and like, and I try to ask them all the time, like, I'm at a school where you're going to be here for four or five years. You're going to graduate. You know what I mean? We may have an NBA talent roll through every once in a while. We're going to have a lot of kids to go play overseas, but it's going to take you though that four and five years that you were at IUPUI, you know what I mean, to get that degree. If you're fortunate, like we had a kid graduate in three years, he ended up getting a, it's like two masters out of the deal Ooh. and on scholarship. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, he, yeah no, but he utilized that and now he's in the G League. You know what I mean? He was not only was he a scholar athlete, I mean the dude is a pro. You know what I mean? Now he's you yeah. know, he played in Fort Wayne for the Maddens, the Pacers G League team, you know. So and I try to use those examples and I, you know, you try to have those guys, you know, talk and, and talk to the guys and help them understand like, you know, you can utilize this and still get your education and still play basketball. You know what I mean? Like don't put don't put all your eggs in a bunch just with, you know, one thing. But, right. you know, we're not a Kentucky, we're not a Duke, you know, we're not a Kansas. But, you know, we're developing those kids to compete. But, like, at the end of the day, like, they know they got to come here and get their education, too. And education is number one. So we're preaching that. But, you know, it's just, like you said, it's, it's asking them and helping them understand. Like, and I, I guess the, the reason why I like asking that question is because that question was asked of me a lot when I was playing professional baseball. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then that helped me realize. They were like, well, you, I was that guy you kicked out of the weight room. I may not have known what I was doing in the weight room, but I just love being in the weight room. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they chris dunaway my my coordinator and uh mubarak malik my my strength coach for the a-ball team he just he was with the new york knicks as a strength coach but they would ask me they're like look you love the weight room you love sports have you ever thought about this and it got me thinking so i guess i've just used that mentality that they came at me with 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 my athletes mm -hmm. And that, that, like those type of coaches, man, like I, I feel like they have way more impact than just, you know, your performance only driven coach, man. Like, you know, because, you know, after a while, man, sports is going to be going and those those athletes that we deal with are going to be, you know, husbands and wives and, you know, uh, mothers and fathers later down the road. And, you know, we got to get their mind prepared for just not, you know, thinking too deep and too far into the future, but, you know, just having that you know, reminder, like, you know, what am I going to do, you know, 
later down the road if this happens or if this doesn't happen. Just having that, you know, two-way uh, or that fork in the road just in case, you know. Just having them thinking, you know, like how the coaches did with you. Just, it got you thinking about, you know, well, I do like training and I do like sports. I mean, it will make sense, you know, to go this route. But I'm pretty sure you still had the route of baseball in your mind. So you also had, you know, that left and right lane open for you to go and choose. But you also had it in the back of your mind, like, this is probably a thing I could do if this doesn't work out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, they, they weren't saying think about this over baseball. And I don't tell my guy. I was like, they were like, look, we know you want to play baseball, but understand, too, baseball may be done at 25, baseball may be done at 30, baseball may be done at 35, but that's about it. You got a whole lot more life after that, you know. Right. And that was what kind of just got me sparked. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I do need to start thinking, especially then, boom, you get hurt. I mean, I had, a, I had 24 months of rehab. Like – I don't wish I don't wish a shoulder surgery on I don't wish I don't wish any surgery on anybody. But man, shoulders are nothing to play with. Like you just don't know if your career is ever gonna be the same. Some people come back and the majority of people don't. You know what I mean? I can tell you from yeah. firsthand experience, I didn't come back. And I had that whole time to just, you know, just sit, think, reflect, you know, and like luckily they were that that's about the time I was like, hey, like, you know, we talked about this before, and they were like, well, look, you need to go. Whenever you decide to go back to school, thank goodness baseball paid for my education because I got drafted after my junior year. Mm-hmm. And they're really good about taking you from school. So they're like, okay, look, we're, we know we're taking you from school, so let's build a scholarship into your contract. So once I was done, I had eight semesters paid for by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jeez. You know, so, yeah, so I definitely took advantage of that. So I just kind of went back and asked, and, you know, and that was when I found out, hey, you know, you want to get a kinesiology or exercise science degree get this certification, stay in contact with us, start training, you know, so that way you're hitting the ground running. That's exactly what I did. Hey, that's awesome. I didn't even know they had, you know, contracts set up like that, man. Yeah. You do that in other sports, man, if they don't already. Yeah, and I think that would set up. And I think they need to – honestly, I think the best class – some of the best classes that you can take are these finance classes or just Mm – I think that there should be a class – that helps these younger athletes, you know, what to do with money, how to invest in, you know, just that kind of stuff. Because I, I don't think that these athletes really clearly know what's going on. Yeah. And I think you get a whole bunch of money, and all of a sudden you have a bunch of new friends. Oh, yeah. They come up with good work. <laughs> yeah, you have a bunch of new friends that, that were not your friends before. Now all of a sudden everybody's a rapper or everybody's this, and now the next thing you know your money's all over the place and you haven't seen anybody's business plan. <laughs> Right. That's the that's the tough part, man. I feel I feel like, you know, that should be, you know, especially within colleges, you know, that should be a part of their athletic scholarship or whatever they have attached to their own their contract while they're in college, man, because I feel like a lot of those young guys, man, they just hop in, man, and you know, like you said, you know, their friends got these all, you know, crazy business ventures that they want to, you know, have you invested in and stuff like that. But like, I, I don't want to say like an actual, like, you know, financing manager or something like that, but like something close to that while they're in, in college, just to understand, like, you know, you can do this with your money. You can do that with your money. You know, this is the group you need to talk to. If you, you think about, you know, investing in real estate or whatever, stuff like that. Like, I don't think there's no true, you know, definite class that those college athletes 
um, know about or have an option to, you know, enroll in. And like, it shouldn't be a, well, you're not a financing major, you're not an accounting major. So, you know, that class won't fit into your, your, um, your degree or whatever. And I'm just like, nah, like, they're a college athlete, there's a good chance money's gonna come. Like, eventually, even if they don't, even if they're not successful within their sport, either way, like, if they go to a daggone Fortune 500 company, and barely know much about, you know, finances, they can get taken advantage of there too, not only in sports, you know, those things don't only apply to, you know, athletes and the professionals. Like there's a lot of people getting screwed over um, in contracts just from, you know, regular, regular lives, loans and all that crap. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, I think it would just help in general. Like you said, I think it, I think it's something that needs to be offered instead of some of these electives that they have to take, they're oh, like, wait man. a minute, why, what are we doing again? You know what I mean? It, yeah. And it definitely, we need to be doing more to help these young men and, and young women uh, just going forward. I mean, we, we see how the world is going already. And I mean, looking, looking at this pandemic that we're in right now, you know, it's left a right. lot of people jobless, unemployed, furloughed, things like that, you know? So it's mm-hmm. something that can help them just in case something does happen. You know, you gotta be yeah. prepared. You gotta be super prepared. For, for everything that, that could be coming. Right. And I mean, I, I know that's one of the concerns that we have, man, but like, do you have any other concerns that you have for um, athletes, especially pertaining to like young athletes coming, you know, straight out of high school or whatever? Uh, just, I mean, the company you keep, you know, and, and, and your friends who you think are your friends, your family, and like understanding that it's okay to distance yourself from people it doesn't mean you're cutting them out of your life. It just means that you're just trying to go in a different direction to, you know, to better yourself because you see it a lot, man. Just people, you can't get away from your circle. You can't get away from certain family members and friends. And next thing you know, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Cause it's easy right. to throw something on you because, Oh, well, you don't have a record cause or you don't have a record friend. And next thing you know, now you got a record, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't we take both the rap for somebody else. Yeah, not exactly. Now we both are we both stuck. Now we both in trouble. Now I'm looking at my school and my school looking at me or my, my professional team looking at me like, yo, what's up? You know what I right. mean? Like you gotta it's it's helping them understand that you're an investment. Like they're investing in you and they're trying to help you better yourself. You know what I mean? But if you can't if you can't get away from people from the past or you know, and it's not you're not dissing them, you're not just cutting them out. You're just like, look, like there's certain things I can't do anymore. There's certain things I can't be a part of or have around me any longer. If I'm right. trying to make a better life for myself, I can't be around this. And it's okay to say that. And it's helping right. them understand that it is okay to say that. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I think I think, I think yeah. so many people get to the point where they're like, well man, I got this money now, but now I gotta help everybody. Nah. Because everybody will make you go broke. <laughs> Right. And or have you in jail or dead or something. You never know. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's going to come with that, where you could have gone this other path and been completely fine. Right. And, like, I think, I think with, like, a lot of people now, man, especially young guys, man, like, they just want to be clicked up and have a circle straight out the gate. And I, I keep telling guys, like, your circle will form naturally. Like, don't try to, you know, you know, have people involved if they don't want to be involved. Like, like, if you're down and out and they're not around, those people aren't in your circle. Like if you're up and they all of a sudden are there, those people aren't in your circle, man. Like you need to understand, like, you know, people who are with you when you're down and out, there's a good chance those people are your circle. And like, they just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, man. Like I just never been a person that, you know, I can, you know, say that, you know, I know this person, 
you know, we went to school together or whatever, whatever, we played together. But like when I was down and out, man, I, I can only name a handful of people and that's my circle. And, you know, those guys, you know, now, like, you know, uh, I, I can't even say I'm successful right now because, you know, I have a, a goal in mind. Like, you know, now they're, you know, contacting me, asking for X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, nah, like, like, you know, I had to distance myself from people like you because, you know, when we were in college or whatever, like y'all were into X, Y, and Z. And I wasn't rocking with that because that was going to, you know, prohibit me from doing the things I need to do now. And like, y'all thinking this is me being successful. Like y'all, y'all don't know my blueprint. Y'all don't know my map, but the people in my circle do. And they understand like when Miles goes dark, he's going dark for a reason. Like, like he got a master plan. He's going to pop his head out. He, you know, going to give us a little update. Then he's going to put his head back down. Uh, he hear, you know, somebody pregnant or somebody getting married, he's going to pop his head up, make sure everything copacetic, everything good. But then he's going to put his head back down because he had a goal in mind. And the people that respect that, that's people in your circle. The people that's exactly. like, oh, no, nah, like, he fake, man. Like, like he being bougie or da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, no, 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 no. Like, if you don't know my intentions, you don't know my goals, then you don't respect it, then you're not in my circle. Now, to be honest, like, uh, it took me a while to, you know, uh, especially in college, because everything's, you know, friend this, friend that, click this, click that. Like, it took me a while just to be like, man, look, I don't need them to feel my, you know, self-worth and be accepted. Like, the people who accept me, for me, know what we, know what we got going on, know what I got going on, and understand that, you know, it's a bigger picture. And to be honest, like, you know, I don't need, you know, people to, you know, approve what I got going on. And that's what... I want, you know, these young athletes to understand, like, you know, if you got going something going on to make your life better and stuff like that, and your so-called circle or your so-called friends feel some kind of way about it, you got to distance yourself from those type of people because they'll leech you, man. Drain all the energy out of you, man. Like, drama come out of nowhere when, when you know, what's this, how's the saying go? Uh, um, uh, misery, misery, uh, uh, like company. love company. Yeah. yeah. Misery loves company. Like, like they can be struggling through or something while you up, you know, doing good, but they want to bring you down to where they're at. Now y'all both stuck. Nah, like if you, you down and out, you need some help. That's totally different. I can come try to help you out. But if I can't, like, I need you to understand, like, I just can't like not right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing. Like you said, that's a big thing. We've got to help, you know, teach these young athletes, but just young people in general, man. It's not even going going away from the athletic part of it. They're just teaching this young generation, like, it's okay to say no. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's okay to distance yourself from from things that you know may not be, you know, and we we see it all the time, man. We know. We know which athletes are into whatever. You know what I mean? And and a lot of times you you, you find out that, yeah, you just can't distance yourself from certain people. And that's going to hurt you in the long run. But Mm – you can tell them till you're blue in the face, but until they want to learn, you know what I mean, and really want to listen, then, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, that's like, like I said, that's, that's a big thing that, you know, I try to, try to con- you know, just try to convey in them and let them know, like, it's okay to live your life and, and want better. And you don't have to, you don't have to feel like you got to pull everybody with you. <laughs> and, right. and like you said, your circle, man, you realize, I mean, I know a lot of people, but my circle is super small. You know what I mean? Right. And we're all... Yeah. You know, the, my, my boys are, we're going to push each other. We're there for each other. You know, we're always, you know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, we've, we've been friends for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's what it is. 
you know? And like I said, I mean, I know a lot of people, but I mean, my circle is super small. Right. And, and to, to give our audience more, you know, in detail about that circle, like you don't need to, you know, constantly hit them up every day and see how they're doing and stuff because you know their goals, their intentions and stuff like that. Like, especially now, like with, with guys in that, you know, and girls in that 20, 30, 35 plus, uh, probably around that 30, no more than 40 range. Like that's where you're a go-getter. Like the, the communication ain't going to be there. But, you know, it's going to be, you know, random times where y'all hang out and stuff like that. Like, understand that, you know, your circle doesn't mean that they're there with you physically, like, in your face every day. Like, it's just people that got your back, you know, when things get tough and stuff like that. And you oh, yeah, no, like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, my circle, I mean, one of, two of my best friends live in New York. You know what I mean? One yeah. works on Wall Street. You know, one's in medical sales. Like, I'm never going to be able to talk to them like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. another one of my best friends, he lives in Arizona. You know what I mean? He owns, he owns his own company out there. You know, another two of my other best friends, they live here. But, you know, they're businessmen, they're family men. You know what I mean? So, but like you said, it's, we know, we don't have to talk every single day. But yeah. we also know, you know, when, when one of us needs one of somebody, we're there. You know what I mean? And that's just what it is. You know what I mean? We can go a week or two without talking, but once we do talk, we pick right back up. Right. You know, where like, it was. Like nothing happened. Yeah, like, like we just talked yesterday or whatever. Like, and I... I, I I feel like this generation, I say that loosely because people put me in the generation too, is just like they want somebody there constantly, you know, giving them update fees, like, you know, we're on social media or something like that. It's like, nah, like this is real life. Like when people have a goal set in mind, there's a good chance, you know, that phone is down and they're working. Like unless, you know, they're on social media, you know, selling something or something like that. Like majority of the time people are working, man. And like we – I keep saying we when I say this generation, but like this this whole like attachment thing, like it's just it's so weird, man. Like I'm so like used to people that are independent and want to do things on their own and stuff like that because um, the people I I usually draw to are older people. So like my my age group, you know, especially in that college time, that college era, man. Like it wasn't my age group. Like like I was thinking down the road, you know, freaking thinking about retirement, you know, full-time job and stuff like that, like while I was in college. And what I came to realize, man, is just a lot of these guys, like guys and girls, I keep saying guys, but somebody told me I have to make sure I say guys and girls, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to make sure I input them too, even though, yeah. but it's just an attachment thing, man. Like they always want to be attached to something. I'm like, attach yourself to yourself. Like, know yourself worth and understand like you know i gotta do things for me before you know i want other people to be a part of it and i need to know what's best for me too yeah i mean you have to you have to be you got to be able to be real with yourself before you can really be real with anybody else you know what i mean and i try to yeah. tell them i try to tell both my men and women athlete you know the same thing like until you're good with yourself until you know I mean, you're never really going to know early what you're trying to do, but as long as you're on the a path of knowing and learning, mm -hmm. you're good. You're going to be good. You know what I mean? Right. And then, then it's just figuring out, you know, plugging and chugging those different pieces, you know, that you that you need to along the way to be successful, really, man. You're, I was the same way. Like, I was put into professional sports early at 21. I mean, yeah. name a 21-year-old that has it all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it was like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was like, hey, here's a whole bunch of money. 
And now here's some spotlight, some magazine articles and baseball cards and this and that. Have at it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but right. like be, you know, be smart about it. It's like, all right, how do I be, how am I smart about this? Like, you just gave me a whole bunch of money and I can, and I'm legal, you know, I can do whatever I want. Right. But, you know, it's just making sure you're trying to formulate a plan or just have, you know, some plan of attack. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. necessarily have to think, oh, yes, sport. But let me think about, I mean, because you got to be focused on your sport, especially I had a goal in my, yeah, baseball was the only thing on my mind. You know, I went to school. I did my schoolwork and all that stuff. But that's, let's face it. I mean, baseball was what was on. I knew I was about to go pro. So right. I got to do what I got to do to be pro. You know what I mean? But at the same time, so I was like, okay, don't neglect the fact that, you know, it's only, you know, NFL, not for long. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> you know, none of these are, none of these for long. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the dude told me, he was like, look, man, this, this ball is going to stop probably about 35 if you're lucky. And he was like, and if you're lucky enough to live a full life, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to do something longer than you did baseball. You know what I mean? And then I thought, right. about it, I was like, man, he's right. Like, I'm really going to have another career. And like, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm already, I'm going into my 13th year of coaching altogether. I'm going to my seventh year of division one basketball. I have two years professional, like MLB baseball, 12 years altogether going to my 13th. So like, I've already surpassed my coaching career, my playing career. I mean, yeah, I played right. baseball since I was three, but like pro-wise, I only played four or five years. It's over. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. he's right. You know, looking at it like my real profession, I, I'm, I was going to do it longer than baseball. And I have, I, I hope that I have many more years of strength conditioning in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's a journey in itself, man. Like, I think like with a lot of athletes, they just don't have that, that foresight and realization to understand that you know this isn't going to be forever like yeah like let kids be kids you know elementary school and middle school thinking that you know they're going to play sports for the rest of their lives but like when is it you know when is the perfect time you know start telling these athletes that that's one of the questions I kept asking myself you know just preparing for this podcast and everything like when would be the perfect time to tell those athletes that? Because you don't want to tell them too young to where, you know, it crushes their dreams. Like, like, dang, like, I'm not going to be able to play sports for the rest of my life. Like, bump it. Like, I might as well not do it then. Like, when, yeah. when, when's the perfect time to tell them that? I think you start preparing them in college, to be honest. I mean, I think the kids know when you realize, okay, I have D1 dreams, but I'm a D3 athlete. I'm at a D3 school. Just using D3 as an example. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But, like, I think yeah. you start telling them, even at the D1 level, I mean, yeah, you're a D1 athlete, but maybe you're at a very low mid-major and you're really there. Okay, you may you may blossom and maybe get a little contract. Or, but at the reality of, like I said earlier, man, like, these kids are going to come here to graduate. Right. You know what I mean? So you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of – you don't necessarily have to be like, look, wait, when you're done in four or five years, it's over. Just, hey, start preparing, get this degree, get that internship, just have it on deck. Yeah, ride the basketball or tennis or, you know, track or whatever, wave, yeah, do that. But just have something else on deck. And just, we figure out ways how to tell them and keep them engaged and not to, not to discourage them to a point they're like, dang, man, it is going to be over after that time and I'm done. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, look, focus on that. Give your all, be the best athlete you can be. But, but on the flip side, Get the best grades you can get. Talk to that person, get an internship, have that on deck, and start networking. Then it flows. Because just in case you do go overseas for one, two, three, four, five years, stay in contact with that person. Maybe you don't go overseas. 
but now you have this contact and now you're in the workforce and you're good. And it all worked out. You got your college paid for, you got the scholarship, you got this, and now you have the job. You know what I mean? It's, we find ways to, to, to convey it to them to where we don't crush their dreams. I, I don't think you should tell anybody early, but I think yeah. you're starting to prepare for life in college. College is getting you ready for, for what the real deal is in life. Right, right. And it, it was just, you know, one of the questions somebody asked me, uh, like, when do you tell an athlete that? Man, I was like, man, like, that's a good question. Like, I've, I've only had experience to tell them in college. Like, I never had an opportunity, you know, to tell, you know, somebody from freaking high school or, you know, I've never even worked, you know, D3 or D2 really like that. So I never had, you know, been put in that situation before. But I wonder, you know, what these other coaches are telling them, you know, like, the not the ones who are, you know, thinking like me and you, but like the ones that are, you know, not truly invested, like, you know, like, eh, like when you're done here, you're done. And then it's just, you know, just, just move on. It's just like, man, like you can't break an athlete down like that. Like, can't do that to them. That's a disservice, man. Yeah. But you have those coaches that are all about wins and losses and their legacy. And it's not right. about the kids. You know what I mean? And I try to stay away from those coaches. I don't want to be associated with those types of coaches that I get it. Wins and losses are everything. And that does suck at the end of the day, because our jobs are wins and losses. And what right. do we have to do with a win? We ain't done an X or an O. <laughs> We ain't doing that. So, but if they losing, you gotta go. Like I always say that, man. Like we ain't got an X or an O, but when we losing, man, we gotta go. And I'm just like, dang, like, was it us? Is it us? Like, are you sure? Man, we can keep an athlete healthy. We can we can make sure these kids are strong. We can make sure these athletes, these men and women athletes, are strong, playing every day. We're keeping that that athletic train, you know, we're keeping that email from our athletic trainers with the injury reports, mm -hmm. we're keeping that low. But we know if it's a lot of L's, someone's to blame. <laughs> Someone is to blame. And we're going we're gonna to start in that, that, that daggone strength conditioning room. Like, oh, wait, hold on now. Yep, something went wrong. Something went wrong. And it's not with me. That's what they say. Something went wrong and it's not with me. We got to identify the problem, but it ain't me. That's how it always is, man. I swear. But um, go, just talking about uh, concerns and just staying on that, man, like what concerns do you have for, you know, young uh, strength coaches, man? Like what do you think they should know about and be aware of, you know, growing in this uh, profession? See, I have a very weird intro into the profession. I don't have the internship. I don't have the GA. Mm -hmm. I don't have the work for free. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that. And I've heard the horror stories of it. Oh, man. You know what I mean? I've heard yeah. the horror stories of it. And I can understand why that would discourage. Because, I mean, I know a lot of strength coaches getting into it that are like, I can't work for free. I can't take this job. I can't. I'm like, I don't know. Nothing. I don't know what to tell you. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I got lucky. I was very fortunate. I, when I was in school, I worked in the private sector and made money. My first job, Toronto, I made, I didn't make a lot of money, but I made money. I didn't work for free. Yeah, I worked a lot of hours, but I didn't work for free. Right. And then, boom, I'm a full-time Division One basketball strength coach. You know what I mean? But I think the biggest thing I want to tell young strength coaches is network your butt off. Also, when you talk to people, don't let them feel like you're using them for a job. Like, actually get to know the people that you're talking to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no one wants to – you know, I, I – I may get called all the time. And the first question is, hey, coach, it's so great to meet you. I love following your stuff. But hey, do you have a job opportunity? 
And then it's like, all right, well, I see what you're into. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I see what you're yeah. calling me for. You know what I mean? Like, I really try to genuinely, when I do call people and I do talk to people, like, I'm actually trying to get to know who you are. Right. You know what I mean? And then whatever the conversation will flow over time, like, we're going to continue to talk. It ain't going to mm-hmm. be like that one conversation. And then it was, okay, well, this coach can't help me get a job, right? I'm never talking to him ever again. It's just like, okay, like, don't, don't do that. Understand yeah. you may have to do some free work. And I'm sorry, but it just it seems like that's what our profession is the yeah. standard, I guess. You know, so you're going to have – so don't get frustrated. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you don't know where that internship with that person may take you because jobs flow across these coaches' desks all the time. Right. So you want to be in position to be ready for when something does, you know, pop, you're ready. And don't be discouraged by your first salary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, man, I, I worked for free for four years. I GA'd for two. And now I'm only making 25000 This is what you chose to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's not about you at the end of the day. When you get into coaching, it's not about you. It's about developing these young men and women to be tomorrow's leaders. And that's what I try to tell people all the time. This, right. man, I think lifting weights is like 5% of our job to be completely honest. Like let's be completely True. real. Like, yes, yeah. we're strength and conditioning coaches. And you think, Oh, all they do is lift weights. Oh, I see coach Q online. He's squatting this and benching that. Yeah. That's what I do on my own time. But like, really like 95% of our job was really to develop this person <laughs> to mm-hmm. succeed in life period. Like, right. yes, the weight room is hard because life is hard. The sport is hard. You right. know what I mean? Like, you're never just going to get out of sport and out of the weight room and out of the cop. Oh, life is easy. No, like, we're literally preparing you like, hey, like, you're going to come at hard times in life. And you're in a hard time right now. How are you going to get through the situation right now? Because what you're doing right now is going to prepare you to get through that hard situation later in life. Right. And, hey, man, you hit it on the head, man. Like, that, the networking, man. Like, just – and it kind of goes – in with relationships, man. Like you gotta have solid relations, man. Like if you're going in just for the job, man, and you know, you find somebody's email online and you shoot them the email, like, hey, blah, 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 blah. Here's my resume, yeah, 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 yeah. And like not really try to make a relationship with that person, like, or get to know that person. It, it's, it's not gonna be good either way because you as a young coach have an idea of how that coach operates, but you're not going to find out until you get there. That's, that's, that's a scary. And you know, some people, man, like they, they bump heads and stuff like that. And you got to remember, like you're coming in as the assistant. So, you know, it's whatever head man says. And if you're not rocking with it, I can tell you right now, the head coach ain't leaving. Right. <laughs> and you're, you're the first one to go. Exactly. You know what I mean? So even if you don't agree, I don't agree with everybody all the time, but we can talk about it. Or mm-hmm. just agree to disagree and go on and move on about it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I think a lot of young coaches, and I think what I've, what I've seen a lot too is everybody wants the big job early. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you're a young coach. I'm not saying you're not ready for the big job, but are you really ready for the big job? Because like we talked about earlier, if you ain't winning, you're out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there is no one right way to train these athletes. Like you better know every athlete the way they are, the type of body, the type of muscle, their training age, all that. Because when you get that big job, it's like me getting Duke or North Carolina basketball. Mm-hmm. I better be ready because I'm dealing <laughs> yeah. with, with, with lottery picks and basketball. Right. You know what I mean? It's not some cookie cut program like 
I'm responsible for millions of dollars here. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, very fortunate, you know, baseball, you know, helped me with that. But, um, but I just think a lot of young coaches are like, man, they, they really want that hundred thousand plus dollar job off top. I'm like, dude, you're 26. You haven't put any time in. Right. Like you got to train the small sports first. I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. And I think, right. and I paid my dues, you know, like I said, I, I didn't work for free, but I, I paid my dues. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to fill up 20, 10 gallon water jugs oh, and take them to every field. You know what I'm mean? Break man. it down. You know what yeah. I mean? I know what it's like to do that. I know what it's like to get in at five 30 in the morning and not leave till 8 PM. Like I get that. Like I understand. And it's helping yeah. These, and, and sometimes I think people just get into this profession because they think it's easy. It's like, oh, well, you know, I train myself and I train at the Y. Oh, I'm smart. I can just take this online certification exam. I can train athletes. No, it's oh. not that easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not that easy because if you don't speak this athlete's language and it takes one athlete not to like you or, you know, how do you motivate these athletes? We know not every athlete about to walk in this gym ready to go. <laughs> right. Man. Like, let's keep that real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's keep that. I deal with basketball players. I already know. Let me get a ball. Let me get a court. Let me get a basket. Let me hoop, coach. That's it. I don't want nothing else to do with nothing. I've had that player. I've had those players. I don't, I don't look at, I look at this weight room. Like I don't want to be, I'm going to be sore for a week. I'm not trying to go in there. Now it's my job to help this kid understand why we're in the weight room. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I can go back to film. I can go back to something. I can go back to a practice. I can go back to like something he's weak and I can say, Hey, you see here, this is why we do what we do in the gym because it translates here. Then, you, then you're teaching. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if you're young, you're not understanding that because you're probably just going to be upset, frustrated. Why this kid don't want right. to live? Right. Why, does, why he don't want to do that? Well, if you would have put your time in <laughs> and, 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 and heard yeah. some people's story, exactly, you, would, you would understand. And, and I think that's a lot of, a lot of the problem, too, with, with, the, with these younger coaches, man, is this understanding. Like, you got to put your time in because daily, it's going to be something daily that's going to help you down the road. Whether you have a low motivated athlete, is this athlete tired? Is school stressing mm-hmm. them out? Is something going on at home? Are they not vibing with coach? Are they not vibing with another teammate? What right. you know, is a girlfriend problem, financial problem, you know, something, something could be going on and how are you gonna deal with it? Right. And like, man, you, you said it, man, like you gotta put that time in, man, because you you will understand and like like have that patience for that athlete. Like uh, I dealt with somebody like this before and it took me, you know a year and a half or two years, you know, to get that athlete to fully buy in and stuff like that. But after he bought in the next two years, man, like he touched so many young guys and got them geek and got them ready. Like that's what it's worth right there. Like that's the whole reason why, you know, you got in this profession to make that person better. And like, look what happens. It spreads like wildfire, but it could also be the other way. Like you can say, bump that athlete and have an athlete mad at you. And now next thing you know, they talking to so-and-so here. Now you got another athlete mad at you. Before you know it, you got the coaches mad at you. Like, it can go either way. And it's our job to make sure it goes the positive way, to make sure that athlete understands why we're doing X, Y, and Z. Not only, you know, for the athletic performance side, but also the leadership and understanding that you're going to be a leader later down the road. Even if it's not in this basketball court or in the baseball field, you're going to be a husband or a wife, a mother or a father. You never know. A manager at a job, like, you're going to be a leader eventually down the road, and you need to understand, like, you know, the proper course that needs to be taken. Exactly. Exactly. And it has to – as a young coach, you've got to 
you've got to put that time in to understand that. And I'm still learning. I'm 37 and I'm still learning. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, I said, you know, I'm going into that. year 13 and I'm always going to learn. I'm never, the day I feel like I've learned everything, I'm done in the profession. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we, 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 we say that loosely because when you realize, like when you learn something else, you then begin to realize like, I really don't know that much about X, Y, and Z. Like, like it just keeps happening over and over again. Like, a lot of people are like, um, "When do you think you're going to stop learning?" And I'm like, uh, I, "I think I'm gonna die around like maybe like 87, 88. So that'll probably be the time I stop learning. Probably yeah, around that time. exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, whenever I'm dead, I'm gonna stop learning, especially in this <laughs> right. field, because you just, I mean, you're dealing." In, 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 our, in our field, whether it's men or women, you are dealing with all types of different athletes. You know what right. I mean? Like, you're dealing with type one athletes. You're dealing with type two athletes. You're dealing with highly explosive type two athletes that you're just mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe I don't need to touch you. You know, right. maybe, maybe we don't need to do anything with this guy. But we've had those kids too, you know, and maybe you have a kid from year one to year five, you turn into that type of athlete you know what I mean but you're just dealing we deal with athletes along the entire spectrum of athlete you know what I mean like low motivated to high motivated to some kids yeah. you got to scale back because you're like look you're doing too much right you know what I mean like yeah. I, I, you you find out that that kid is not only going to your workout session in the morning but this kid is going to the rec later and doing a full-on workout again you know so yeah it, it's having to be in the trenches to understand that you know what i mean and to to be able to hone in on that and to educate these kids to the wise of what we're doing and like you said and we're building tomorrow's leaders you know and i tell the guys all that i tell them about my tennis team and my, my men's basketball all the time like i'm literally helping you guys for tomorrow what you're going to go and do later in life because i want you guys to be great or whatever it is that you go do but what you're doing now is going to prepare you to be great later you know what i mean so take advantage of now so that later it's going to be a smooth transition into you being great. Right. And to, to add on that before we move on to the next man, like with a lot of young coaches, like you're not going to see, you know, instant results right away when it comes to just building leaders and getting people to buy in and stuff like that. Like don't put a timetable on the athlete because um, like we said earlier in this episode, like every athlete is at a different training age and it's same psychologically as well. Like they're, they're at a different age. So like, you need to understand like this, this person's at this age. So there's a good chance it's going to be, you know, it's going to take, you know, a year or two, but then we got this one who's way younger at this age, psychologically, like it's going to take a little longer. And I need to, you know, work on that person a little more and, I, you know, help them understand, you know, why we're doing the things the way we're doing it. Like, don't, don't try to, you know, force, you know, uh, a square peg in a round circle, man. Like, like you gotta understand, you know, not every athlete is thinking the same. And it boils down to, you know, where they came from and how they were raised. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And, and helping them understand that too and being, you know, sympathetic, but also being stern in the message mm -hmm. that you're trying to get across. But listening to the athlete too, man, like they wanna know that they're being heard. You know what I mean? And right. you definitely gotta listen. To, to what they're saying to you because they're trying to tell you what's going on. Right. You never know what's, you're never going to know what's going on until you sit back and listen to the athlete too. Mm -hmm. So allowing them to have that, that platform to talk on too is, is definitely key. Right. And it, uh, like piggyback off of that, like when they tell you things, they're going to tell you and it's going to be so freaking cryptic. 
like like you're going to have to pick up on like little small things that you know during a conversation or something like that it could be a group of people and somebody might say something that's like a, a normal person that's not having any issues probably wouldn't say that so after we get done with this group conversation i need to talk to you know so and so to see what's going on to make sure you yeah. know i heard that right yep got it you got to be able to hear and like you said pick up on that message because it's going to they're not going to tell you the full truth. They're going to give you the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And then you, it's almost like, a, hey, I'm going to give you this tidbit, but it's up to you to figure it out. Right. And it's like, man, like, help me help you, man. Just tell me, man. Like, uh, it ain't going to be that easy, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, that, and like you said, it goes back to how, how they were raised, where they're from. And I get it. You know what I mean? But it's just understanding right. and trying to get, you know, trying to pick up what they're putting down so that you can help. Because then you can pull them to the side later, like, look, this is what I got from that. Am I wrong? Am I right? Well, yeah, coach, you know, this is what's going on. But And maybe they didn't want to talk in that group of people. Maybe they did just want to right. talk one-on-one. Right. But now at least, you know, you have a basis of conversation from what, mm-hmm. you know, they talked about earlier. And that that just, you know, helps out the whole circle, man. Like, just the relationship there is so strong, man. You know, athletes be like, dang, like, you picked up on that? Like, I ain't, I ain't even know I said that. And sometimes it just – it flows so naturally, like, they might say something, and the next thing you know, like us as a coach, are like, you know, hold on, like, that just came kind of, you know, out of nowhere. Like, let me see if Buddy's all right. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, like, you'd be like, dang, like, coach picking up on stuff like that. Like, I didn't even know I said, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever, whatever. Like, nah, you didn't, but like, the way it came out, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't organic or natural, man. Like, what's going on? Like, what's up? Yeah, um, like we we caught it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we caught it. Like, like you you probably didn't intentionally throw it out there, but we caught it. Like, what's up? Like, what's going on? And then the next thing you know, they they know they can come to you about that certain issue because instead of you know addressing it in that group, you know, once it dispersed, you found the one on one. You asked them, so you know, unconsciously or subconsciously, that athlete was probably like, "Dang, like you know, he didn't." Call me out right then and there, you know. He kind of, you know, waited till I was by myself and alone to ask me these questions. Like, at least he knows, you know, that boundary, you know, to not, you know, put my dirty laundry out there or whatever, you know. Yeah, and a lot of times they don't want the head coach, you know, and that's we're the buffer between that because we're going to yeah. hear, we're going to hear and know more than everybody else. But it's our job to decipher because, like, I know I can go, I may hear player A's problem and I know why this player is not practicing well why they why their demeanor is but I can go to coach quickly like look I just want to let you know that player A something is going on at home I don't know exactly even though I may know but hey coach I just want to let you know something's going on that's why he is how he is right now he was he was kind of low energy in the weight room earlier and that's right. so then at least coaches like not because you know coaches want to go in like what's like right. what's going on and now right. coach oh, knows yeah. okay let me let me be a little bit more sympathetic to the situation maybe now mm-hmm. i can pull player a over and just say hey you know is everything okay today opposed right. to just being like why are you low energy why so we're the buffer for that and i try right. to tell right. young coaches that too like be the buffer between because you're the gap you're the you're mm-hmm. the bridge that's going to gap between right. coaches because coaches aren't going to know everything because they're with us four or five six seven eight you know they like we're with them every day period right yeah to be honest yeah <laughs> so we're going to know i'm gonna know everything going on <laughs> not oh, that i even want to know because I'm going to hear the conversations that they're having. They think mm-hmm. we don't hear nothing because we oh, hear yeah. everything. We really do, but... man. It don't matter. Music <laughs> you know? on, weight clanging. Nah, 
we hear we hear we hear everything but we're, we're built like that you know we have to hear because we have to know because at the mm-hmm. end of the day we may save that player from getting chewed out then then that may put him over the edge so mm-hmm. that could now coach knows okay all right we do know that there's something going on now we can get to the bottom of it but there's a there's a different way to approach it now Exactly. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe you need yep. to go easier on this. Maybe you send them home. Just, hey, look, look, maybe you need a day. Maybe you have a whole team needs a day. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, but you might have put the fire out opposed to throwing gas in the fire. Because right. I've seen that happen, too. Oh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> seen that happen. That was like, uh, like, that, like, when that happened to me one time, I was like, dang, like, I should have told Coach about X, Y, and Z. And I told him afterwards, and he looked at me crazy. Like, Miles, like, why didn't you tell me this before? Like, I didn't know... I was like, Coach, like, I ain't going to lie to you. This first time this has ever happened to me, like, but so-and-so, he got some issues going on, man. Like, if you can, like, we can go talk to him together. You go, you know, talk to him one-on-one, whatever. But, like, what you just did to him, like, you know, he on suicide watch right now, man. Like, like just, <laughs> Right? Right. Like, I got to go check on him myself right now, like. Just make sure you talk to him, Coach. Like, it's my fault. I'm going to take that on the chin. Like, I should have told you ahead of time. But, like, that was the first time I was just like, man, like, you know, these coaches just – they don't know because they're not around them as much, man. And, and I've had – I've definitely seen – I mean, I saw – I saw two kids get into it at pregame meal. Oh, man. And, and I knew it wasn't going to work in that game. And sure enough, it didn't work. And, of course, Coach went off. And that was my time. I should have said something to coach after pregame meal, and I didn't. And mm-hmm. literally, you could see it on the court. Oh, and yeah. he went in on them, too, after the game. Oh, and then after it, I had to be like, yo, like, actually, there was an incident at pregame meal that I saw. And he like, you didn't tell me? Like, that could have all been. I'm like, you know what? Like you said, I, I had to take that one on the chin. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. I said, I knew then. Yep, might as well just speak up. Because that was a quick conversation, too. But I was my, my thought process, my young thought process at the time was, coach has to worry about the game. Right. I don't want to bring this to him, not realizing this is part of the game. <laughs> like, right. oh, the yeah. two dudes play a lot, and they have to play mm-hmm. together well. And right. now they're beefing before a game. <laughs> That's not good. So, like, I know now, like, it don't – exactly. I know, I know now. And it, doesn't, and it could just be like, look, coach, something happened in pregame. You may need to address it early. Let's snip it. Yeah. Let's snip it now, and then it's over. Uh, and I know that now, but it took that experience for me to understand right. that. You know what I mean? That's why you got to put time in the game, though, man. Like, huh, man, like a lot of these young coaches, man, like, and, uh, you know, I was like that, too, until, you know, my second year at the intern, and, like, when I realized, you know, I didn't know Jack Squat, like, I was like, ah, maybe I'm not ready to, you know, be a GA or assistant right now. Let me take another year to be an intern and like really, you know, invest and commit to this profession. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to do that. You have to know, you got to know when you're ready. And I think a lot of people just, they want that basketball job. They want that football job and you don't Mm -hmm. really understand what comes with it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden people begging for an off day. I'm like, I'm getting no off day. Like my phone is ringing. Oh, an off day? No, nah, I'm getting a coach you at the gym. <laughs> coach, right. can you make me a workout? <laughs> right. <Off day. laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's you, no you, off days. <laughs> yeah, like when you signed that contract to be a scrim coach, man, off day. You mean when you retire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's your off day. Yeah, like right. that's 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 definitely something you learn. 
early and it's definitely you, you see with these younger these younger coaches getting in they're thinking oh I did two years free I did my GA I'm ready I'm ready for that hundred thousand dollar paying job are you ready for that hundred thousand dollar paying job because they gonna work you you gonna earn that hundred thousand oh yeah you're gonna earn all of it <laughs> you're gonna earn that hundred thousand <laughs> for sure you're gonna earn that but oh yeah and it's the nature of the beast though oh yeah it is and once they get over once they get over that curve man it's that's when they understand, man. But um, before we wrap it up, man, the last question I got for you is kind of a big one. What other issues do you want to address and talk more about? And it doesn't have to be about uh, training or sports or anything. Just anything that you feel like that needs to be addressed and talked about, man. I mean, in our profession, mm-hmm. uh, finding equality of pay. I'm not saying everybody should be paid the same. And I say that mm-hmm. because, like, we know how much people get paid. Like, we, we get that. We understand that. We know these institutions. Right. We know these institutions are making money. But, like, it, it baffles me to find out that somebody's making 50 and in that same conference, somebody's making 200. And I'm like, the yeah. dude that's making 50, they dang near going to the tournament in the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 almost every year. The dude that's making 200 ain't even been to the tournament yet. So mm-hmm. how – does that translate? You know what I mean? So right. finding, you know, finding out ways to figure out that, but also we do need to find out how to pay these, these kids that are interning. Let's be realistic, yeah. man. If a head dude is making two fifty, and you're okay with having two unpaid interns, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like yeah. that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of messed up too. Um, I do feel for those kids, man, to be honest, man. I mean like, yeah, you're coming in early. You're setting up, you're breaking down, you're cleaning. You're getting yelled at. <laughs> you're getting abused oh, yeah. by the players. Uh-huh. And, and then you're like, man, I'm doing all this for free? Like, man. I mean, those, those are some issues. And I mean, it just, uh, you know, and what's going on in the world today, being able to just have conversations, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever it is, man, be able to have the conversation, but be willing to listen. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you don't know something, just ask a question. You know what I mean? Right. And be open to hear ideas but other everyone be open to hear ideas you know what I mean we're all different we all come from different backgrounds you know and just trying to understand the way people are and the way things are in the world man just addressing those issues man and just being proactive to try to make this place a better place I mean we live in the free world man and like it's just so many issues and I'm like what like why you know what I mean I've always wondered that I'm just like well like we're literally upset at each other about who knows what and why right you know what i mean and it's like it's like having those conversations with people and i mean since all this stuff has been going on with this pandemic i've talked to a lot of friends i've seen people's comments and i'm able to be like you know why do you feel this way why do you say this in this comment Mm -hmm. but it's i'm not attacking them i just i want to know what's your thought process here like here you know what i mean because maybe there's something you don't know that you've never thought about that maybe i can help you with and i've had a lot of people reach out to me like you know, you're a black man. And I'm like, yes. And I, and I have my own stories to tell from police and from all just other different things coming up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you think you hear Jason Quarles, professional athlete coach. Yeah. But there's still Jason Quarles, the black man. Right. And I've gone through the same things that all other, like a lot of other black men have gone through. A lot of other black people have gone through, you know what I mean? So being able to just be open and talk about that kind of stuff and not letting it turn into a heated argument, you can have a discussion about things right. and then, yeah. you know, move on about it. You're, now you're a better person from it. Now you know right. more. <laughs> exactly. And I think, man, like you hit it, man. Like, like just having those discussions, man, just not only to see where people are at, but also, you know, to educate one another. Like, you know, this is what 
and how I was raised about X, Y, and Z. And this is how I was raised about X, Y, and Z. Like, why do you see this this way and X, Y, and Z and stuff like that? And like, understand, like, you know, for one, y'all both are having conversations. So I, there is a middle ground that could be met. And understand that, you know, just because you disagree on something doesn't mean you have to hate that person and, you know, exile them from your life and stuff like that. Like, there are certain situations where, yeah, that does apply. But, like, if it's, you know, something reasonable about, like, let's say, uh, I'm not trying to pull up a recent event, but, like, um, Dak Prescott coming out about uh, mental depression and stuff like that, like, some people don't take that serious at all. Like, and you shouldn't, you know, shun somebody and, you know, X amount of your life. Like that's an opportunity for me as a person that understands that to educate someone who truly and really don't understand, you know, the, the severity of the person. Like that person just sees it as, you know, Dak being a crybaby and stuff like that. It's like, no, 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 no. Like that man is trying to tell you, like, be aware, see the signs, understand these things. And like, like, when you when you see the sign, if you're not equipped to address it, find somebody who is equipped to address it. Yep. But understanding that, I mean, you're never gonna know what somebody's going through until you, you know, you ask them. Right. You know what I mean? And and I think that's another big thing. I think I think everyone is just so quick to judge before mm-hmm. you even know the story. And I think a lot of times with athletes, because there's a, there's a lot of athletes that are coming out, and mental health is a real thing. Like right. it's a real deal. And I think some people are like, well, man, you make millions. Like, you can't be depressed. I don't think people understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think people understand the real ramifications of, of what these dudes are going through. I mean, what anybody, whether it's a regular desk job or, or a professional job, I mean, it's mm-hmm. mental health is an issue, period. It's really, you know, man. and it's something that needs to be addressed. And I mean, and like you said, I mean, until you sit down and talk with somebody to really understand, you're just going to make, you're just going to pass judgment. You're just going to have an implicit bias about it instead of trying oh, yeah. to learn about it. You know, and, and being able to just have those conversations on the daily, man, is really yeah. is really what's big. Oh, yeah. And, like, me, this is just me, you know, admitting it, like, two, three years ago, bro, I did not take depression serious at all. I'm just like, these dudes just want attention. And then, you know, luckily, you know, some people came through my life, my wife came in my life, and just, you know, educated me on these things. And, like, she was real patient with me with, you know, understanding of those things that I, I didn't know anything about that. I'm like depression. Like I ain't got time for that for one. Like I'm trying to go get it right now. Like, and when I began to understand, like there's so many things that some people just can't handle. Like, you know, my life is hard. Their life is hard. And like, like, you know, I've been through a lot. They've been through a lot. And it's all about how people handle, you know, hardship in their life. Like, you know, I just got thick skin and I'm willing, you know, push my head through the wall and just get it over with and just be done with it. There's some other people that they just can't get through it, man. Like they need the counseling session. They need, you know, the, the family and friends support and stuff like that. And like, uh, man, I mean, I'm still learning about it, man, just because there's so many like layers to it, man. Like, and I don't even think I really cracked the surface to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and you're, but think about what you're learning. Think about what you're learning that you can apply on a daily to your athletes. Because, I mean, we have those same athletes, man. We have those exactly. same friends. I mean, we have those exactly. same family members, man. And and learning what you're – and using what you're learning daily. Because, I mean, I didn't really know much about it. You know, and, I mean, boom, you mm-hmm. find yourself retired at 25, 
not knowing what you're finna do, your baseball dream is over. Yeah, man, I fell into some depression. You know what I mean? You don't, mm-hmm. you, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But yeah. luckily I have, I, you know, I have a great support system. I had a, you know, a, a, a great village around me, you know, a great core group of friends that were able to see those signs and sit me down and talk with my mother and my father, and my sister played a great role. My aunts and uncles, you know, coaches, things like that. I was like, look, you know, use this time now. Yes. Baseball is over, but life is not over. You have the rest of your life. So, you know, and boom. Okay. Well, let me, let me try this go to school thing again. And now I didn't have to worry about sports anymore. You know, it's, college is different, man. When you're a regular, when you're, when you're just a student to an athlete, man, like going I went to junior college first and I went to a four-year school for one year. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you're an athlete, man, you know, it's class, it's, it's class, it's weights, it's study table, try yeah. to eat, practice games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Film, you get it, man. But like when you're just a student, I was like, man, this college thing ain't so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh, when, when I'm sitting there thinking like I'm, I'm going to events on, on campus from like yeah. one to five, I'm like, I could never do this before. I was in practice during this time. Right. So, I mean, it, you know, and, and I was able to, you know, kind of take the bull by the horns. And I went back to school, you know, I got myself out of it, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely helped me later. The more I learn about it, you know, and, and like I said, man, we're around it. We know which athletes yeah. and we know which family and friends are dealing with something. So we know how to approach them to help them, get them the help that they do need. You know what I mean? Like you're just taking yeah. the proper steps to helping them. Right, man. Hey, man, look, man, I appreciate you being up here, man. Like, the knowledge and information you dropped in this, man, like, I hope, man, people listening to this, like, actually take some stuff from this, man. Like, oh, man, it's some good stuff, man. I hear, I hear you in the car right now, man. I hear yep, the, key, my, the keys jingling. Uh, yep, on my way to practice right now. <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you being up here, man, taking your time out today to do this, man. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I'm glad I was able to do it, man. Sir, man. I'll talk to you later, though. All right. Thank you very much, man. You have a good one. Yes, sir. You too.